Yeah, and the thing too about pottery is, yes, over time it will break, it will diminish, but when it does, that's when you know that its um, life was its full potential. Hello and welcome to Grand Canyon Speaks. My name is Ranger Jonah. And I'm Ranger Melissa. And Melissa, this is the second part of our interviews with alumni from the Zuni Youth Enrichment Program. Yeah, this one is with Cassandra Salate. She goes by Cassie. Really cool Zuni Potter, only 21 years old. Really fun interview hearing about her connection to community through art. Excellent. Can't wait to hear it. Without further ado, Cassie. and I'm from the Pueblo of Zuni and I am 21 um, and this is uh, my first time here at the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah and we're excited you're here. You're here um, with some other folks in the audience um, representing the Zuni Youth Enrichment Program. Woo-hoo! You're alumni of that um, yeah. which is really cool that you're out here um, especially you've only been doing this for how long? Uh, for at least a year and a half. So not too long, and your work is already, like, yeah. mind-blowing how good it is. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my first question is, how did you get into pottery, and, like, how did you find pottery as you're, like, you found that talent and that inspiration? Um, well, as a kid, I've always um, found an interest in art, um, basically drawing. Uh, I used to draw all the time. But one thing that got to me was seeing how pottery, the symbols, I've always wanted to see what they meant because my family, um, they're jewelry makers. And sometimes I will ask them, you know, what, what does this mean? What does that mean? Sometimes they will give me an answer. Sometimes they wouldn't. And so I grew up with that, uh, them being more of my inspiration, jewelry makers, but not just jewelry makers, like other artists as well. Yeah, and so uh, with pottery, I then, um, recently uh, became an intern at uh, the Ashui Awan Museum. And so as an intern there, uh, I got to take a look at the older pieces, pieces that were there, um, that were made in you know the 1600s. And so with those pieces, um, I got to really, um, you know, just kind of observe them. And then there was pieces that were coming through that were, you know, from the uh, early 1900s, and I got to actually um, look at those ones. Oh, cool! Yeah, so like actually handle them. Yeah, I got to actually oh, cool. handle them. Yeah, where I even got a chance to look at some candlesticks and a water jar that was made in the 1920s. Oh, cool! Yeah, is that what's inspiring the candle jar you're working on? Yeah, right now? yeah. So with the candle. Yeah, is my, um, you mind if I like show everybody? Yeah, go like ahead. talk about it. Yeah. So the candle uh, stick holder, um, candlesticks weren't introduced until uh, the uh, Spanish arrived, uh, which is the 1600s. And then so uh, moving forward into the 1800s, they were made mainly for the art market or possibly for the, uh, for the um, churches uh, because we are, um, do have Catholicism in our religion. And so moving forward, uh, candlestick holders weren't being uh, made really 
because then electricity uh, came into our village. And so um, nobody really makes candlestick holders. And so I decided maybe I'll bring them back. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. I like um, how you're kind of seeing these things that you're looking at in the museum and then trying to bring it back or revitalize some yeah. of that culture. Mm -hmm. um, what is your favorite part of it about being inspired by other artwork? Um, my favorite part is the dedication. Mm -hmm. The dedication it takes for um, people to work from piece to piece. And, um, you know, it takes a lot. And the, the cool thing about every artwork is that it's not just one person. It takes a whole family. It takes a whole uh, community to be involved, you know, like uh, jewelry. You know, some people have their husbands working on a certain thing. Some people have their wives working on a certain thing. Same thing goes with pottery, you know, and so they just inspire each other to um, work hand in hand. That's really cool. Yeah. So it's like communal artwork almost. Yes, yeah, communal. It definitely and is. It's like everyone's putting in part of it and then you get this beautiful piece of artwork at the end. Yeah, um, yeah. So everybody's involved. Kids, even um, the youth, um, all the way to the elders. That's really cool. Yeah. Do you have like, um, you were saying you like looking at the designs and like find the meanings. Like, do you have a favorite design that you have given meaning to? Um, yeah. So um, one of those pieces are not really here. But my favorite uh, <laughs> designs here would be like the rainbird. So the rainbird is, is this bird that has this hatching on it. And so it re represents the rain falling. And so on this part, like the whole piece you have here, um, the spiritual world. And then you at have, the top. yeah, at the top, at the neck, you have the spiritual world. And then you have the middle, which is the present world. And then the bottom, the black part, which is um, the, the underneath worlds. Mm. And so the rainbird, um, so my design for the rainbird is that this rainbird touches the water and it goes into bringing the rain. And to the top part is the spiritual world. And so the rainbird is going uh, to, to, the, uh, to the left, which it means that the rainbird is going to meet our ancestors. And then through the present world, the rainbird is coming back to bring the rain. Oh, cool. So yeah. it's like a cycle. Yeah, it's like a cycle. And then we have here also prayer sticks. Um, prayer sticks and, of course, you know, the mountains on the rainbird itself that show um, the heavens and the river that goes in between. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, have, did you, like, what parts of your art are traditional versus contemporary? Um, and, like, how would you define the two of those? Okay, so... For those who don't know what those mean. Yeah, so traditional would mainly consist of um, the actual form. Um, so, for instance, um, so, like, these, the, the black on whiteware, these are more made from the prehistoric times. Uh, which our ancestors, the ancestral Pebuan, um, they would be making the black on white, um, such as this corrugated. And so um, that was made way back, like 100 years back. And, and then, corrugated. Uh, yeah, corrugated is a cooking vessel. Um, it uh, holds the, um, the, the heat in, 
and it also prevent, it's very sturdy too, so it prevents it from overflowing. <laughs> have you yeah. tried cooking in it? Uh, no, I haven't. With this one, um, I haven't, yeah. Okay. So that's my next project. <laughs> next project. Yeah, and so throughout the years, then you go moving forward to like things like this, the rainbird, um, the water jars, um, which are, you know, more from the uh, 1800s, and then going on to more uh, the recent stuff, which is like the 1900s on, on to today. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. What parts are like... Do you have parts of the art that are like only in your work, kind of? Like, I know that is a Cassie original. Um, do you yeah. do anything like that? Or yeah, like? I do. Um, for instance, this owl. So this owl here, um, well, owls were actually made, um, you know, 100 years back. Um, but the difference between my owl compared to others is usually owls' beaks will be, be connected but mine is different, and then its wings don't expand. It's just kind of, you know, tucked in. It's tucked into its side, and then so uh, there. This is the owl, and so the owls functioned as seed jars, and these seed jars um, they would hold the seeds, um, and so um, a long time ago when our village uh, would get uh, raided by the outside. Um, communities, the nomadic tribes, they come in and be stealing the seeds. But in order to protect the seeds, our people then made the owls, uh, which then kind of, uh, this, the, the other people, they, they didn't want to even touch the owls because it was taboo for them. Mm -hmm. And so they, in an innovative way, they, they put these as, you know, to hide them. And so this is how uh, right. this owl <laughs> came to be. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, do you mind if I show that one too? Yeah. Cool. And so other things too um, that I make that are different is the designs. So I really want to get more into um, knowing what the designs mean to interpret it for myself, which a lot of people, um, we really don't know uh, what some of these designs mean. And so we try to, um, we're trying to get back into knowing what these designs mean. And so I come up with, you know, things like, uh, I call this bird's eye view, which is this, you know, abstract uh, version of the sun. And then the bird, you know, kind of flying into the sky. And then uh, these triangles kind of depicting this geometric uh, figure of a bird flying in the sky. <laughs> like your Vanna White. Yeah, yeah. So they're all they're all different. They all each have their own meanings, along with this candlestick. Um, so through all these different uh, designs, you know, there's things that represent the wind forming, which is always a you know kind of like a like a how would you say like a swirl. And so the swirl always uh, depicts wind or sometimes water. Um, so you have that, and then you have the earth, which is, you know, the, the black bottoms. Mm -hmm. um, but the crazy thing is, um, you know, I never really found out what the symbol for fire really is. And so maybe it's hidden, maybe, maybe it's there, but we really don't know. And so with this candlestick holder, 
I decided uh, that this part's supposed to be uh, red, so I'm gonna paint it red, and then this will mean like, you know, the fire, and this is the clouds. Oh, cool. Yeah, so fire, you know, like we, uh, sometimes we need fire, and the fire is what, you know, also keeps our um, pottery um, cooked, mm -hmm. so that way, you know, it forms the full life. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Um, like that's kind of fun where you have some symbols to work off of, but mm -hmm. some symbols you're kind of like, I don't, there's not really any. Yeah, so then you improvise. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool that you can combine both of them to create these different pieces like you have up here. Mm -hmm. When you are, when you were learning how to be, how to do pottery and become a potter, yeah. um, what were some things you noticed from that process of like learning the skills from like your teachers and like what was what was all of that like and oh, what did yeah. you really gravitate towards yeah so the the people i have to thank the most are my teachers which um who would be bobby silas hopi potter and uh, zuni potter galen westica mm -hmm. and so together um they bobby does more of the traditional so he he does zuni pottery and his hopi pottery traditional so he's um trying to revive, you know, his own work of mm -hmm. Hopi pottery. And then Galen, he does traditional and contemporary. And so they taught me um, how to, you know, make the forms, even just like making a big uh, water jar like this, uh, <laughs> which I struggled in the beginning. <laughs> I still struggle now. <laughs> so sometimes it's uh, kind of, um, it feels really good to finally see um, my pieces, you know, come together. And so the other people that I would have to think would be this um, pottery class I was taking at the Oshawa College. And there was um, a Tsuki potter. There was oh, cool. um, the famous Noreen Simplicio. Who's um, been here. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> and uh, there was uh, Anderson uh, Panetta and all these other potters that you know were barely beginning, but then they excelled um, as the weeks went by, and so they were the ones who inspired me uh, as potters, and we kind of just uh, um, helped each other uh, work together. And so I, they uh, taught me some different uh, techniques, like different coil techniques, different uh, uh, ways of doing things easier, you know, <laughs> cheating, I guess you could say. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so they taught me cool tricks. <laughs> That's cool. Did they also teach you how to, because you said earlier we were talking, um, you collect your own clay, you, yeah. you can, you make your own pigment, like, um, did they show you all of that too? Like, um, is that something they, or did you have to learn that on your own? No, um, I always had help from someone. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, you know, we went as a class to go. Uh, with ZYEP, ZYEP to go get uh, clay, and then with the Oshawa College, we also did the same thing. Cool. We went to go get clay, get slip. Um, we uh, got some uh, pottery shards um, that was um, given to uh, one of my teachers from a museum to actually use them, um, which then you know kind of made it all the more real uh, within our pottery. And so you know we each. Um, taught each other like this is you know the best clay deposit to go to oh you should go to here um even my family members those who are potters um they even said like you should go here and there you know to show me the uh 
places to pick them. <laughs> cool. So it goes kind of that back to that communal, yeah, like yeah, learning, communal. growing, yeah. sharing knowledge. Yeah. That's really cool. Exactly. It doesn't just go into the artwork itself, but like how to get to this. Yeah. It's every step of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fun. Um, when you were learning pottery, mm-hmm. um, like the role of being a potter in Zuni, yeah. can you talk a little bit about that history mm-hmm. and like how you see your own identity into that role? Okay, so the role of pottery is that um, a lot of people say that there's not a whole lot of potters, but I would say that there is a lot of potters. We, um, like every family has had a potter or will become a potter. And so being a, you know, a young person, uh, it kind of really makes this um, kind of pride that, you know, we are trying to bring it uh, more uh, back. And so my role for me is to actually make these pottery to use, um, to actually use the pottery in, you know, for ceremonies, for everyday use. Um, and so that's what I want to get to that point. Um, to get back to how it all started, which was where we actually used the pottery. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not just putting it on like a, a mantle. Yeah. You know, like actually putting it in the kitchen or, yeah. you know, like taking yeah. it with you and mm-hmm. putting and seeds in your owls and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And the thing too about pottery is, yes, over time it will break, it will diminish. But when it does, that's when you know that it's, um, life was its full potential. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's a cycle. Yeah. I like that. And then, like, you even said earlier, like, taking the sherds to maybe make new art, mm-hmm. yeah. new pottery. Yeah, exactly. So it's a circle of life. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what, like, earlier we were talking about kind of like women empowerment too. Yeah. Like, what is that, like being a potter in Zuni, like how does that help your empowerment as a woman? Well, as a woman, well, way back into prehistoric times, you know, it wasn't just women, it was men and women, um, I would say. And there is some archeologists who have found that uh, men's DNA was on these. So again- On the pottery. Yeah, so it was communal. Mm -hmm. So it was very communal. Um, and so, you know, because they had to help each other, you know, to survive. And so they worked uh, hand in hand. And then, uh, you know, years later, it became more like uh, the women could, you know, stay behind while the men went out to go uh, hunt, fish, gather. And so the women having, you know, more of the patience, um, <laughs> I guess, the, uh, you would say that they, they kind of work more on the on the, uh, the pottery, even uh, basketry. And mm-hmm. so from there, then it uh, shifted into this, um, to this um, part where um, in the 1800s where gender roles were really uh, established. And that would be, you know, where like the men know what their work is and the women know what their work is. And so the women being the potters, um, they really, um, really worked into their uh, designs, to their meanings, because the men could participate in more of the ceremonial um, events, whereas the women, they couldn't. Um, And that was, it wasn't to, you know, 
push them back or anything. It was, you know, to protect them as well because uh, women were looked up as, you know, very um, sacred as well. Um, and so the women, they would, uh, you know, put their, so this is their prayers, their designs, like the, the deer in the house um, and, the, you know, all these different designs. This, this was their prayers asking for, for the men to have, you know, a successful hunt, um, to have their, um, their life roads be long, for everyone to be um, rich and um, in crops and, and things like that. And so it was their prayers. And so as a woman now, it's like, um, you know, that idea that we want to bring that, that empowerment, that it was the women, this was their work, this was their um, meaning to the community that they were asking for. Mm -hmm. And so it was from through them that we are sustained in through life. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I really love seeing your pottery and like what you're kind of saying. It's, it sounds like full circle in a lot of different facets yeah. of the way. Mm -hmm. And one of them, by putting those prayers and thoughts into your pottery, but creating these things that are also used in the ceremonies yeah. and then also like used outside. It almost feels full circle in that way too. Yeah. It's like the woman's like empowerment is everywhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When you're thinking about the pottery. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> That's really cool. Um, do you have any inspirational women in your life that are potters? Um, well, yeah, you know, there's um, famous potters back home, the most well-known. Um, those would be like, uh, you know, like my grandmothers. Um, I didn't really know their names, but I knew that they, they made pottery. And cool. so that just kind of inspired me um, to, to learn more. Mm -hmm. Like, who were they? You yeah. know, how did they work? How long did they work? When did they work? What made them decide to take on this this full? Because um, it, it is basically like a full time job, mm -hmm. and so they it was it was them who inspired me. So um, basically, everybody's grandmother was was a potter. <laughs> That's yeah. cool. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Um, so it's kind of like also pottery yeah. is a connection to mm -hmm. your ancestors. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you are making a design or a piece of art, like how does that image come into your brain? Like, does it like the clay? Once you start working the clay, that it comes yeah. into mind, or is it before you even go and gather um, materials? Well, for me personally, it, it kind of comes afterwards. Once I've made the pot, and I've you know. Um, slipped it, polished it, and everything. It takes me a while to come up with my own design. Um, but there are designs that are already like known. Um, the most well-known, like the deer in the house, the the rainbird design. But when it comes to trying to not really copy, but to make a slight variation, because I think it's only more respectful in that way. And so um, I try to put it in my own image. And so it's not until afterwards where I kind of draw it on the sketchbook and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this one looks pretty good. And then I look at my pod and then I start uh, working on it. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. um, when you're 
work you said earlier you get inspiration from like jewelry makers and other painters yeah are there aspects of the different crafts that are across like the Zuni artisan network that you're more drawn to in terms of like trying to make a pottery version of that oh yeah okay so for me the arts that I'm inspired by is the arts that like I said you're gonna use that are actually you know like real um, from from the heart, so that would include like jewelry um, and basketry, pottery, um, and so from that um, you get these things that are going to be used. Um, even uh, weaving, uh, embroidery, those those things are real. Um, they're going to be passed down from, as they say, from generations to generations. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and when you're thinking about passing knowledge down, mm -hmm. like what plans do you have for your own future to like, like that communal artwork? Like, do you have plans to do anything like that? Yeah. So my plan is to possibly get to teaching, um, to teaching because even learning through uh, this program, I was able to teach my family and other community members, you know, even the adults themselves, like they, they didn't even know some of these things. And so it's really that teaching moment that uh, I really wanted to um, be a part of, to really teach my community. Um, and so, you know, kind of to pass the word, you know, like what, what we're really asking for when we're making these, um, these pieces. And so that's what I want to get to that point. And then to also then, like I said, teach how to actually start using the pottery. Um, because the pottery, it's, it's as, as I say, it's all of our riches. It's all of our, you know, our life that, that made us survive all these years. And so this is where I want us to be in that mindset that, that this is, you know, precious. Um, and so that's where I want to stand. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. Um, when you're, like, was, but I'm just curious, like, was teaching ever a thing you thought you were going to go into? Um, or is it the pottery that really brought that out in you? <laughs> well, teaching, um, I kind of wanted to be more like a counselor. Okay. Or um, more so a park ranger. Hey. Yeah. Um, and that really came... Um, into my head when uh, I was sort of doing the museum guide thing oh, back yeah. at the museum. And I really enjoyed it, just getting to talk to these people and really teach that. But it became even more significant talking about these things with my community, uh, with people that I knew, people that I've known for a while who didn't even know these things. And then I would tell them and then they're so surprised I didn't know you knew that <laughs> so it kind of helped to to you know get them educated and to also get myself educated because then it opened conversations to where we talk about the past and then we're actually okay let's let's you know actually do it let's let's bring back what what needs to be brought back yeah so you're kind of like this passion of yours not only are you discovering this really true talent you have, mm -hmm. but you're also finding this other benefit to making pottery, which is you're bringing 
your community together. Yeah. But then you're also like learning together to re- like to kind of revitalize some yeah. parts of your culture together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so special. Yeah, that is special. That's awesome. <laughs> um, like in terms of your next steps, what do you want to do then my to get to steps. like <laughs> continuous yeah. like that? So my next steps is to really work with the museums. Cool. I want to actually get to look at the the older pieces um, and to work at, you know, just, you know, being able to handle them, to respect them um, and to, you know, share that with other, you know, potters as well, um, because it's it's that that, you know, connection. It's always about the connection. And so I want to someday, you know, work in the museums, possibly even um, donate a couple <laughs> oh, cool. and then, you know, bring all that what I've learned and then bring it back home yeah. to where I get to, you know, teach, you know, like other artists and to teach um, my family and then, you know, even the children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep it going. Yeah. To keep it going. That's great. Yeah. Keep the the line of women in your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Making awesome pottery. Yeah. Do you have pieces from your um from your great grandmother or from um, grandmothers? Unfortunately, no, I don't. Um, just pictures. Cool. Yeah, just pictures. Yeah. And so my uh, um, the other thing about this too is um, the thing I want to do is to make pottery as gifts. So I want to make enough pottery. I want to be that potter where you know they just make make them all the time, <laughs> to where you know you can just give them. To just give them away to you know um, the people that meant the most, uh, that mean the most, and so I want to get to that point where I give it you know to them because again it's about giving back, right. and so I want to get to that point of you know giving them. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, that's that's just your heart is so kind and it's great to hear like your perspective on everything and how you're bringing your community together and just like these really it's cool to think about pottery as a way to uh, just like build more and more like connections Mm -hmm. with people like in and out of your own community like being here as a demonstrator it's kind of it's really fun to watch people come up to everybody and talk about what they're seeing and like really make that human to human connection. Yeah. Um, it's just cool to see all the work you're doing around all of that. Mm -hmm. I have like one more question, which would be for everyone here. Yeah. Um, what would your takeaway, what would you want us to like leave this space together knowing, um, in this world? Um, well, I would like to say that, um, that you know, we're still keeping our arts alive. We're still here, um, keeping you know our ancestors would be proud of us right now. Our ancestors, you know, who've descended from the Grand Canyon, and you know, who've left their legacy behind, who left their their arts and um, things for us to learn from, and that we're still being empowered. That we still have a voice in this. Um, that we're still. Um, going to continue this, that we're, that our art is going to keep us um, together as, as people and as a, um, to survive. And so that's what I, I just want people to know that, uh, 
that we're, we're still empowered and we're always going to be. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming out. Mm-hmm. And if anyone wants to come up and take a closer look at any of the work, just be careful. Some of these tables aren't <laughs> yeah. as stable. But thank you so much. And I uh, hope to see you back here mm-hmm. and keep seeing your progression of being a potter just, just get even more cool. Like, it's just fun to see your stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so thanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to Grand Canyon Speaks is a program hosted by Grand Canyon National Park and the Grand Canyon Conservancy. A special thanks to Aaron White for the theme music. This recording reflects the personal lived experiences of tribal members and do not encompass the views of their tribal nation or that of the national park. To learn more about Grand Canyon First Voices, visit www.nps.gov grca. Here at Grand Canyon National Park, we are on the ancestral homelands of the 11 associated tribes of the Grand Canyon. These being the Havasupai tribe, the Wallapai tribe, the Navajo Nation, the Hopi tribe, the Pueblo of Zuni, the Yavapai Apache Nation, the Kaibeb Band of Paiute Indians, the Las Vegas Paiute tribe, the Moapa Band of Paiutes, the Paiute Indian tribe of Utah, and the San Juan Southern Paiute tribe. (laughs) 